Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Welcome Home, a podcast by H6 Homes in Orlando, Florida. In episode seven, the guys discuss the do's and don'ts of upgrades before selling. What should you spend your money on in order to get a return on your house? Tune in to find out more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the H6 Homes Welcome Home podcast. Happy 2020. I am joined with my co-host, friend, and business partner, Alex Vasquez. Hey, Eric. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Happy uh, New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year. So got off to a good start so far. Yeah, I think so. I'm excited. We got a lot of great things in store for 2020. We ended 2019, um, I would say, successfully, right? Very successful. I was happy with our performance. Um, We've grown again, you know, as we do every year. And so it's been great. Yeah, absolutely. And just to remind the audience, um, as we lead into this year in 2020, and this being the first episode of the new year, we are determined, focused, um, on bringing forth great, credible, valuable information to the public as it relates to topics that generally aren't discussed um, as you would think they are, right? Right, right, yeah. yeah. Being really, really clear and just giving all the facts, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's the focus. That's uh, that's what we're here for. We hope you're enjoying the show so far. But um, what do we got in store for today? What are we bringing forward to the audience? Man, today we've got a bunch of stuff, really good information. Um, I want to start off with a little teaser, you know, of uh, something that actually jumped off today that we will um, bring to light and, and let the listeners know about as it concludes. But Really, um, representation in a transaction, right? What are the real boundaries of representation? What are the real facts about who represents you on what side of the deal? And just to give the listeners a little bit of what's going to come, uh, hopefully, next time we, we're here, is um, just because an agent is there at a property with you, does that mean they represent you, number one? Number two, what are the proper... I guess, legalities and the ins and outs of if you want someone to represent you, because there's a couple of different ways. And then lastly, um, is it really important to have a document signed saying that someone does represent me as a, as a buyer or seller? So, um, so just to give, you know, like I said, we're, we're having a, a transaction that's in place right now. And uh, one of the parties believes that they are not represented by an agent. And so we'll see how that goes. So I, I got to ask you, because you, you built up a little Uh-oh. here, right? Uh-oh. We're all at the edge of our seat. But when they say they they, they believe, um, you, you mentioned something, the fact that they believe they're, they're represented. Um, do you want to add just a little context to that and, and what you mean? Yeah. So um, a, a specific client has gone through the transaction um, from showing up at the home without a, a representative, um, we represented that person. We showed them the property, been present throughout the transaction, and then uh, we're a couple of days away from closing, and um, she feels that she should not be uh, represented in this transaction on paper mm. and because nothing was ever signed with her. Mm. So, um, you know, it, we'll give some yeah. clarity around it, sure. and we'll talk really openly. Obviously, it just started today, so I don't have all the details, but sure. we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a great um, show to do because with um, the growth of the market, as you know, th- usually with a rising market comes new licensees into the industry. 
And then what you find is a lot of buyers will have a sister's brother's cousin who's licensed, right? right. And trying to help them from afar. Right. And I think that that show will bring forth some great value for people to distinguish who's really your realtor. Are they really representing you? What should be in place? And what should you look out for in order to navigate successfully when buying a home? Would you agree? Correct. Yeah. And, um, you know, just lastly, so we don't get too deep into this, but, um, you know, a lot of buyers are out there now looking on on the internet zillows you know sure. the realtor.coms and when you find a property on one of those sites and contact the agent that's representing that property what does that mean to you sure you yeah. know yeah good so, stuff good yeah. stuff can't wait um awesome so we're gonna kick off the show with uh, today's myth what do we got today we have a question and in a lot of states uh, attorneys are required to be present at closing and we want to know in the state of Florida, does an attorney have to be at closing? And um, the answer to that is in the state of Florida, they do not have to physically be present at closing. Both parties are entitled to have legal representation if they so choose to. And um, any fees incurred with that representation would pertain to the party that chose to have an attorney. But title companies here in Florida are used as the closing agent in a closing. And so when a sale comes to the conclusion and we are all at the closing table, quote unquote, right? The title company represents this closing portion or process of the, of the transaction and title commitment and title insurance is conveyed to a buyer purchasing the new property. Now, the title company is and has legal attorney representation that has already reviewed this document, which is the title commitment and the title insurance, to make sure that there are no lien judgments or anything against the title of this property. And so the title is now being conveyed cleanly to the new owner. And that has been reviewed by the representative attorney of that firm, whatever title company is being used. Okay. Um, so you'll have clean title given to the buyer and then the buyer is able to close. Should anything, and title insurance, that's what I was looking for. So title insurance is, is given and should anything ever happen to that property re in regards to clean title or cloud on the title, this insurance policy that is given by the title company will be handling that dispute. So, let me take it one step back because this is useful. We get a lot of um, buyers transitioning from up north, particularly New York, right? Let's mm -hmm. just let's just say for 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 today's example. Mm -hmm. And in New York, the way that they're used to doing business there is seller has their attorney. Yep. Buyer has their attorney. Correct. And then the closing takes place in an attorney's office. Correct. <laughs> and every party is represented. Right. A lot of times we'll meet with buyers coming from states that require that. And they will ask us, well, do I need an attorney? And so typically the answer is A, I would never personally me, and I'm sure you, um, tell someone they can't be represented. That's yeah. their right Absolutely. to be represented by an attorney in a transaction that they deem is important to them and they want a higher representation, correct? Correct, yeah. However, the question becomes, is it required? Correct. And the answer is no. Correct. Right. Not in our state. Correct, right? So because the title company is the one that is 
um, doing everything that you mentioned previously. And the title company has an attorney that has reviewed those portions that need to be reviewed by a legal attorney. Understood. Yep. So with that said, again, uh, going back to the myth portion, um, yeah, it, you don't. It's not required for you to have an attorney here in the state of Florida represent you when purchasing a property. Correct. If you choose to have one that is at your own choice, mm-hmm. um, and we would discuss the particulars of what that comes with, because it's my belief, and uh, I think attorneys are paid to be scared for you, right? <laughs> and an attorney's going to take that nice uh, red marker and mark up the contract. And there's some additional things case by case that we'd have to distinguish and talk about on what that means in, in someone's particular transaction. But the point of the fact is it's not required. Right. Um, and to your point, I want to bring up, and I know this is the myth portion of our show, but I just want to bring up a point. All of our documents that we use here in Florida, whether it's a listing agreement or a sale and purchase agreement, are written by the Florida Bar. And so those are attorneys that have written these documents. So that document has been written and the verbiage in that document has specifically been designed to represent the party that's signing and getting into that document. And so again, the the attorney has written, quote unquote, the attorney has written the contract because it's written by the Florida Bar. The title company does have an attorney that reviews title insurance and title policy. So all of those things have been covered by attorneys. However, you do not need an attorney to write your contract or close your deal for you. Correct. Fantastic. And last little thing before we end this um, segment is, unbeknownst to a lot of people, the Florida Association of Realtors, FAR, has set up a legal hotline for all members of the board us included as real estate professionals, realtors with the board. And we can bring forth questions to that hotline that a buyer and or seller may have, which would come from an attorney who's on staff, who answers the phone and we talk to them directly. Correct? Correct. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's a great service that they put together. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think, I think our process goes a little bit smoother to your point. Um, again, we don't, we're not saying anything against attorneys. We, you know, attorneys are essential people in our community and in our industry. And, um, I believe that, um, I think our system's a little bit smoother for both sides of the transaction. Yeah. (laughs) I laugh because if anybody's completed a transaction in New York with, with requiring attorneys, they know, uh, absolutely. (laughs) and they're kind of shell shocked with how fast things happen here. Versus there. Versus Absolutely. there. I mean, you know, yeah. they think that we're on light year speed. You, yeah. you know what I mean? And they can't believe it. But right. it's because, you know, this is, New York's a very litigious state and uh, a lot of things get mucked up, if you will, um, back and forth and stuff like that. Anyway. Yeah. You, you, well, you, you know, this is this is kind of continuing to go on, this, this portion of our show. So let's continue. I, okay. I just want to bring one more point, too, because in the contract, um, there are three portions of the purchase and sale agreement that you can check off when it comes to title um, choosing title and mm-hmm. title insurance. Right. And one of those portions is um, for South Florida only. Mm. And the one for South Florida, and it's because in South Florida, it's customary mm-hmm. to have an attorney review your documents. Right. Um, and it says, if you choose this, then the um, in South Florida, the buyer will actually choose the attorney mm-hmm. and pay for their portion of title insurance. Correct. Whereas in Central Florida, where we're located... It is customary, not required, Correct. customary for the seller to choose title Correct. and pay for title insurance, not only the seller's portion, but the buyer's portion as well if the buyer is um, 
acquiring the property through a loan. Yeah, so it, and it's clearly checked. And when you're working with a buyer and you start to write an offer on a property, that is an option. But as you state, traditionally, um, we allow here the seller to choose the title company because it saves the buyer some money. Some money, yeah. Um, the, the seller is paying for uh, the insurance policy, as you said, the owner's policy. And that sometimes ranges $1,200, $1,300. I mean, it's, it's, well, it's, it's, the, it's based on the sales of correct, the house. Correct, sales, uh, sales of the house, right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's money allowing the seller to choose the title and buyer saves um, typically 99.9%. .9 that's usually what happens. Right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Good stuff, man. Yeah, it is good. It is good. Rolling right into it. I like it. Good, credible information. The Welcome Home Podcast is sponsored by H6 Homes, innovative thought leaders in the residential real estate industry. Check out h6homes.com to learn more. So let's talk a little bit about um, today's topic of the day. Yeah, so today's topic of the day is going to be on the seller side. When you are preparing your home for market, what are the do's and don'ts of upgrades? And I get this question all the time because, as we've discussed in the past, I primarily work with sellers and mm -hmm. represent sellers in our business. And I get the question a lot of times, well, should I change out the floors or should I paint the whole house? Um, and in my opinion, here's what I always tell them. There are certain things that you must do, in my opinion, and there are certain things that you probably shouldn't do or probably don't want to do because of the fact that a person purchases a home, and it is usually, I mean, 99.9 .9 out, of, out of 100, right? It's an emotional purchase unless it's an investor or somebody just looking at it for a numbers uh, investment. But when an end user goes into a home, there has to be an emotional attachment to that, that home mm -hmm. most of the time. And if a seller puts his or her... Um, personal touch into that home, it may not be the same as what a buyer would want. And so the seller may spend fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 on new paint on the house, a certain color, uh, new flooring, and then the buyer may come in and say, I don't like it. And so they're going to discount the house anyway because now they still have to paint the house again to the color that they want. They have to change out the floors or may want to change out the floors or cabinets or whatever's upgraded. And so those cosmetic upgrades are really um, touchy. Mm. And I usually, what we do, as we've talked about in the past in my process, is we do a walkthrough of the home, and we, we give them kind of like a staging consult. And in that staging consult, we talk about neutral colors, neutral upgrades, lighting, uh, things like that. And so those are the things that we would typically probably discuss and say don't do them because you're not going to get the dollar in return when you sell. However, structural upgrades and structural repairs, in my opinion, are a must-do because if you know you have a structural issue on your roof, on the foundation, or anything of that matter, plumbing, AC, those are items that must be repaired no matter what. And so if you're looking to get top dollar for your home in this industry, you have to make sure that that product is structurally sound at least. If not, you're going to have to be prepared to discount your home so that the new owner can come in and make those repairs. So in my opinion, again, just to touch up and let you come at me with some questions, I'm sure you got ready. You're, <laughs> I'm you're, ready. you're jittery in your chair. I see. Yeah, you're ready to go. <laughs> um, 
So the dues are definitely structural repairs. Okay. Um, things that will materially affect the value of your home. And the don'ts are don't spend too much time and money worrying about colors, um, new flooring throughout, throughout the whole house, anything that you're going to have to spend an exorbitant amount of money that you're not going to get in return. Yeah, this is interesting. That was helpful. And I think we can take a second and kind of um, go back and forth. I'll come from the buyer's perspective, having shown hundreds, if not thousands of homes with buyers, right? And yep. you primarily working with sellers. So oftentimes we'll arrive at the house and we'll see a house that's not in the best shape. Mm-hmm. And if only the seller would have spent a little time, love, and money on the following. Curb appeal. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be a full landscape package to the nines, right? I'm talking fresh mulch, um, shrubbery trimmed down, cut nicely. Things that make the house presentable. Because that's our first impression when we roll up to the house and we walk up to it. Now, to go a little further, an exterior paint job really gives this um, shine, this polished, finished look to a house from an exterior standpoint. However, um, working obviously closely with you as my partner and, and being involved with a lot of sellers, I know you have to determine whether or not, A, that's in the budget, right? And B, if they're going to really get the return back um, when you do a CMA, comparative market analysis, and determine what this home might sell. I'll let you kind of go that direction, but I'll, I'll continue on my train of thought in terms of um, picking the house apart. So that's from the exterior standpoint, right? The interior, the, the biggest things that, in my opinion, stand out to a buyer are flooring. Flooring is huge. The worst thing that you can see is when a seller leaves seven different flooring products in a house. Yeah, absolutely. It, it It's all over the place. There's no consistency. There's no flow to the floor plan. And it's funny enough because uh, I just saw this yesterday, so it's top of mind. <laughs> and there literally, there was seven different flooring products, all tile, right. um, all different tile. And so that's number one. Number two, um, paint. I agree with you. If a seller is going to make a decision to freshen up the home and prepare it for sale, uh, a nice interior paint job goes a long way. But if they've customized that paint job to where it's off-putting to the buyer, bright oranges, reds, purples, you know, um, things like that, you know what I mean? It, it, It can throw a buyer off. So the seller probably would have fared wetter fared weather fared better if they went in the direction of a neutral tone mm-hmm. right yeah right. so so we got flooring interior paint and then usually the biggest bang for buck are the kitchens bathrooms and master bedrooms right correct right so all of those things from an upgrade standpoint and it doesn't mean they have to be super expensive items but i think the majority of buyers want clean they want airy. They want decluttered, which we've talked about in other episodes, right? And so whatever you can do in preparation of a house to present that package, I think ultimately the seller does far better on the market than if not adhering to any of those things. Yeah. So you've got great points, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address those. Yep. Um, so like I said, when, when we initially sit down with a seller, the first thing we do um, amongst, you know, introduction of things, is we do a property inspection, a property walkthrough, and we give our professional opinion on all of the points you just said. And so 
when I say um, cosmetic don'ts, um, I really am referring to those extreme cases where the, the seller is going to remove those nine floors and then put in a floor. And so if we're going to do that, we're going to talk about numbers. We're going to talk about what type of flooring are you going to put in. Because if you're going to remove nine different types of flooring, and let's just say, you know, for number's sake, there's, you've got a house that's 2,000 square feet, it's $2 a square foot, so you're at, you know, whatever you're at. Sure, it's up there. It's up there, yep. plus the labor and, and yep. all of that. And so if you're going to put in six grand on a floor to get five grand back, is that worth it to you? Or should we have a strategy that we market the property saying, hey, we know that we have nine different types of floors and what we've done is either price it accordingly mm -hmm. in comparison to what's out there. Sure. Or we're going to offer you an X amount of dollar of credit so that you can put in the flooring that you like. Because the worst thing that the buyer, it, the buyer really doesn't care, and you can attest to this, if my seller were to rip out those nine floor, nine different types of flooring and put in a 99-cent tile out in um, you know Lowe's or Home Depot or whoever because they just wanted to have one unique floor, mm -hmm. and your buyer went in and said, wow, I, do, I don't like this floor. Great, it's consistent, but I still got to change the floors. Mm -hmm. Now the seller just put in you know five, six grand worth of flooring that the buyer is going to want to discount anyway. Mm -hmm. And so I think what we need to do is we need to really address it up front based off of comps, mm -hmm. right? Where are we pricing our property? Are we pricing it at top of market because we know our condition matches that? Are we pricing it at bottom market because we understand that the property needs a certain amount of work and detail that the new buyer can come in and do? And so we're giving them a discounted price so that they can go ahead and do this on their own? Sure. Or are we going to do a few things in the middle? And so we can talk about this all day. We, we can really break it down, but it comes down to the motivation of the seller. Sure. Right? Because let's talk this. If this seller decided that he was going to redo the floors and did decide to go with a really nice neutral floor that would appeal to a large audience, it may take another 30 days to get that job done, mm -hmm. which pushes the time that we get this property out on the market to probably another 45 days. And so what are the goals of the seller? Mm. What are your goals to get out of this property? Do you want to be out by, ne by next month? If you do, then we need to price it properly and according to the condition it's in. And use certain trigger words in our marketing that address the deficiencies of the home or the things of the home that a buyer can come in and do do themselves. Hmm. This is interesting. Um, I have a question for you. Absolutely. I'll put you on the spot a little bit. But if you're sitting with that seller and you realize after the walkthrough the home needs a new roof. Uh -huh. But on top of the new roof, you also has ide have identified some cosmetic things. And the seller says, Alex, I have to choose one or the other. Mm -hmm. Which route do you advise them to go? Spend all the budget on the new roof and leave the other cosmetic defects alone or fix the cosmetic defects and kind of leave the roof alone? It's a tough one. It, it is a tough one. It's and tough again, one. I think it's going to revert back to what are your goals, okay. number one. Because if we're in an area where the predominant buyer is a first-time home buyer or an FHA buyer, mm -hmm. The roof may be more important. Understood. Um, because those are items that won't pass uh, FHA guidelines. Understood. Right? And so I think, again, we've got to really analyze each deal accordingly. Sure, case now, by case. Yeah, case yeah. by case. But I will say this. If the insurance company of the current owner will come in and agree, yep, that roof does need to be replaced, 
you may be able to get two things done. Understood. And so maybe the seller can repair the roof, come out of pocket a little bit, and make certain repairs or credits to the home for cosmetics. Sure. Understood. That's fantastic. I think um, just to round off real quick, and this is real time, um, have a deal right now. We have a seller east side of town. Same thing. Did a walkthrough. They asked. um, They have an original AC. They said, should they replace the AC because it's going to come up on inspection? Um, My response is no. Um, Here's why. Uh, The AC is functional. Mm -hmm. There's no defects to it. It's just old. Mm -hmm. And so in regard to this topic, what we should and shouldn't do, sellers do's and don'ts, right? Right. Do you upfront spend the five to six grand and replace the whole AC system? Or do you wait? It fared out for us in this particular deal beneficial because the buyer is going to do their inspection. Nobody's hiding anything. But all the buyer asked for was a servicing, mm-hmm. which ended up costing six hundred and ninety-six dollars, mm-hmm. as opposed to six grand, right? Of and course. what a mistake that could have been made if we would advise the seller to, yep, up front on day one, replace the whole AAC because it's old, right? Yeah, you never, you never know what a buyer is going to f- deem acceptable and not, right? Right. And again, it's it's to the kind of the context of this whole conversation, which is what is. What are the goals of the seller and what are the major things that we really know need to be addressed? And to your point, the AC was functioning. Right. It's working fine. Sure. You know, it's old. Yeah, fine. But it's working. Yep. And it's doing its job. Now, you know, like I said, like you said, mulch, that's cheap. Right. You know, a couple of plants and things like that, that's cheap. But major items we really need to balance out. Is the seller going to get that back in return or, or not? Yep. Fantastic. Great stuff. Well, listen, all good, valuable information. I hope um, the audience really appreciates that because it's fantastic. I know that you have years of experience guiding um, home sellers to success. So really appreciate you sharing that insight and knowledge. Thank you. And um, if anybody has any questions, you can reach out to us. Thank you for listening to the show. Alex, you want to mention a little bit how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. You can get a hold of me through alexvaz, V-A-Z-0-0-1 at gmail.com. That's my email. My cell phone is 321-443-3483. I am on Instagram at Alex Vaz, and I am also on Facebook at Alex Vasquez um, through our team page, right, H6Homes, yep. Facebook and, and Instagram. So we've our website, H6Homes.com. Yeah. yeah, you can reach me. My number is 407-383-2189, and um, you can reach me on the social networks as well. Send me a message if you have a question or something you want us to cover we'd be happy to and once again thank you so much for listening to this episode yeah thanks a lot guys thank you for listening to welcome home a podcast by h6 homes in orlando florida today alex and eric discuss what you should spend your money on when it comes to upgrades they suggest that you focus on the structural aspects that materially affect the value however don't spend too much time or money on colors and new flooring across the house these items won't bring as much of a return We hope you enjoyed the episode. For more information, visit h6homes.com and follow them at h6homes on social media. See you next time.